Hello, British Rati. I'm Jazz Glanti, and welcome back to an interference cast. This one, I feel, I feel kind of selfish uh, posting this one, but it was interviewed. It's about me today, right? It's my story, my origin, what drives me. But I was interviewed by a very fascinating den student called Nav, Nav Bati, and he's an up-and-coming content creator. And I liked his style. I liked his realism. Very real world. I always got time for people like that. He's actually a British citizen studying dentistry in Slovakia, previously having studied in Egypt and Ukraine. So he's got a really interesting story. And we didn't actually get time to unpack it because he came to my practice where I work uh, and he shadowed for a bit. And then the plan was to record. But while recording about 25 minutes in, which is why this podcast is as, as long as it is, which is why it's a kind of shorter episode. My, my wife calls me and, you know, at th- this stage, it kind of sums up my, the entire sort of month I've had, right? My family has been playing by illnesses like my my baby Sehan 10 months had like back-to-back viruses and you know when the kids are not sleeping we'll get we'll get like two three hours sleep a night and then unfortunately my my eldest uh, almost five years old he was in hospital for two nights on IV drips severe dehydration projectile vomiting you name it the whole shebang and then it finally got to my wife as well I'm I was the last man standing I kind of told the universe and this is this is crazy right I heard Gary V say this once he said I told the universe I'm too busy to fall sick Right. And so that's my theory of why I didn't fall sick. I just told the universe, no, not today. But anyway, it's been a really challenging few months. And then it kind of got epitomized by what happened while we were recording that my wife called me and she was just she, she was in bed. She just couldn't move. Uh, and uh, she had a baby. And I was like, oh, my God, I better rush home. And thankfully, I, I live very close to where I work. And I said, Nav, I'm so sorry. I've got to go. And so the reason to, to share that with you is that just to remind you that we're all going to have bad months. OK, we're going to have bad months, bad weeks. And it's part of life. And uh, one of my uh, uh, mentors, Lincoln Harris, once taught me that when you don't know someone well enough, that's when you think their life is perfect. And that really resonated with me. And I guess we always have to be careful, like when you listen to this podcast or any podcast or what you see, especially on Instagram, dangerous, dangerous Instagram, right? Where you look at everyone's cases, think, wow, they've got it all made up. Their life is amazing. Ferrari, Rolex. You just don't know what's happening behind closed doors and no one's got it perfect. You don't. I don't, but we all must do this together. And togetherness has been a big theme uh, this last month because we just launched Protrusive Guidance, which is the new website. It's protrusive.app. So the old platform, we totally outgrew it. And so I did something very dangerous in business terms, right? So uh, you guys know that your subscriptions are the reason that this podcast is alive and thriving today, right? I've actually given up a lot of clinical time. I only work three days clinical now so I can focus on the teaching and the podcast. And I have a team to make sure that I actually get to see my wife and kids. And so things were going great, except we totally outgrew the old platform. When I realized that Petrus Rati, you guys were going on this rubbish forum that we had on the old platform and you guys were like, hi, uh, I'm so-and-so dentist from India and this is what I like. And I was like, wow, this is beautiful. You guys are connecting. And I didn't envisage the community part to be a significant part of it. But I realized you guys actually crave community, which is why our Facebook group was doing well and people, you know, trust each other. Petrus Rati, trust Petrus Rati. But you know what? Facebook is because there's too many ads, too many spammers, and a lot of you aren't even on Facebook. And you message me saying, Jazz, how can I get involved in the community because I'm not on Facebook? Which is why Protrusive Guidance is not only taking all the epic content that we had, and now it's got a search engine, and it's just visually beautiful and a lot less buggy. Previous one I found it was starting to get buggy on my Android device. Uh, this Protrusive Guidance is just a whole level above. And so the, the business risk I took is I asked all of you to cancel your subscriptions. Right? It's pretty crazy, right? I asked all of you to cancel your subscriptions. And I said, those who want to, 
those who want to, yeah, I wasn't forcing on those who want to come over to a brand new experience, come on over. And so this is a very risky thing to do, but I absolutely believe in the future of Protrusive uh, and what we're trying to build here and our community. And I've just been blown away. Like your guys' engagement so far, how happy you guys have been with the platform. A few teething issues like Android. Uh, the quizzes aren't working on Android at the moment, but they do work when you go on like, you know, your Chrome browser on your mobile or the web. So a few teething issues, excuse the pun, but it's just been great to see so many Protrusive on protrusive guidance it's on android ios but the best place to start the best place to actually take a look at what we have to offer and choose a plan is protrusive.app on your web browser and then once you have a login you can use it on any device including the native apps so let's hear the episode about what drives me and i guess in a nutshell I'm all about being a learner. One of my strengths is learner. One of the five strengths I discovered by doing Tom Rath's uh, Strengths Finder 2.0. I was recommended this book like 12 years ago, uh, Strengths Finder 2.0. I've mentioned the podcast before, but if you haven't heard it, it's a really cool quiz that you do and it gives you your top five strengths and it argues that actually we should be working to our strengths. Weaknesses maybe a little bit, but actually let's focus more on our strengths. And one of my top five strengths is learner. And the, on the taxonomy of learning, when do you learn the most? You learn the most when you're teaching and sharing with others. And that's what my true passion is. And most of the time, I don't have the answers and I'm desperate for that knowledge, which is why I bring on amazing guests, some that are internationally renowned and some who don't have an international reputation. But you know what? Those episodes are just beautiful in the real world journeys of the Petrusarati. So I hope you enjoyed this slightly different episode and I hope that you will consider joining us on Protrusive Guidance. It's actually free. If you want to just enjoy that community magic of the Protrusive it is absolutely free. So check out protrusive.app. There's also payment plans for the educational content and CPD for those that want it. And students, watch this space because something epic is coming for you. Anyway, enjoy and I'll catch you in the outro. First and foremost, I've been given an amazing opportunity today to speak to the world-renowned, I must say, definitely world-renowned. That, that feels really awkward to me. Yeah. No, 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 I'll be honest with you, I, anyone I speak to, no matter where they're from, and I have people that I speak to in America, they know you. That's Everyone crazy. Knows you. Yeah, that, that, that feels crazy to that, me. That is, so that's why world-renowned for a reason. Yeah. Obviously, I've been to Egypt, I've been to Ukraine, I'm currently in Slovakia, and everyone knows you, and everyone's a big fan. So, wow. as I say, world-renowned for a reason. I've got here podcaster, clinician, as we know, teacher, mentor, and of course, father. The great, the one and only, Dr. Jazz Galati. Thank you for having me today, actually, at his clinic. So I appreciate um, it, Nav. It's, uh, it's nice when people come in shadow, but it's nice that we get to record. Not often someone comes an idea today, you know, let's, let's record together. And yeah. so it's good, and I'll be excited to hear about your journey as well through all these countries, actually. It would not be as exciting as, as uh, your career today, I'll say that much, but we will definitely get into it. For me, first thing, uh, as I said, thank you once again for having me in. And I think uh, what we want to just kind of start off for, for anybody who doesn't know, and they should know your background. Tell us more because you're usually the guy asking the questions. So today we're going to flip that round and, and find out a bit more about yourself. Okay, I think the most striking thing where I'd have to start, I think I'd feel compelled to start is where the journey begins, your big why in life. Uh, and I think I can take everything back to when I was six years old. Oh, wow. uh, fled Afghanistan uh, as a refugee, came to the UK uh, age six, uh, okay. didn't know a word of English, my, my father's still illiterate. Uh, Mum just about gets by. Uh, and so um, feeling incredibly grateful now yep. when I look back that I received a British education Perfect. and I got a chance. 
Uh, and I remember those days coming as a six-year-old to, to England and this new place and f fleeing all the, the bad stuff I was going with the Taliban yeah. uh, and you know, being subject to racism, mm -hmm. seeing some of that, being chased by skinheads on motorbikes or like um, all, all sorts of uh, things that I've seen in that regard. Uh, but I think that's all been made me resilient. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, we lived in a council flat for okay. up until I was 24. Uh -huh. So I went to dental school, and the, when I went to dental school, I was like, "Oh my god, I've got my own room. You know, I've got my, <laughs> I've got my own bed." So that was a huge thing for me. Right. Uh, and uh, if I was to show you where I live now, uh, it's like a s small little two bedroom, okay? But for me, uh, it's a castle. I'm with you. So, so I'm that's kind you. of the beginnings I come from, uh, and right. I think probably the reason why I focus so much on education is. That relationship I had coming very hungry, yeah, and and, yeah. and 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 then trying to do the only thing my parents said just just work hard at school. They never had any more input on that, and then I I just took that on board and I and I tried to to embody that. Okay, perfect. And then to the next question, why dentistry? I mean, Asian background yourself, similar in terms of uh, origins, and I think one thing that we could probably agree on culturally, it's very much driven towards medicine, dentistry, be a lawyer, be an engineer, something along those lines. You just said your parents didn't give you that kind of pressure. So what made you think, actually, dentistry, maybe not medicine, for example, what was the key driver there? Definitely no parental pressure. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Like I remember doing my A-levels mm -hmm. uh, and my mum was laying there and she was like, Jazz, um, what, are you, what are you doing at the moment? Uh, and I was like, oh, I'm just working on this project. No, no, like, what do you do? Are you doing English, math, science? Like, what do you do? And I'm, I'm like, beyond GCSE, like she had no idea what I was doing in school, right? Uh, and so that's the kind of level of input my parents had right, in that right. regard, but I'm still grateful that they still made a difficult journey and decision to come to a brand new country and mm -hmm. set up the foundations for me. Mm -hmm. So I'm still grateful, but in that way I had no pressure. So it's very much my own choice. Yeah. Like if it was up to my dad, I would probably be doing um, eBay. Like oh. uh, my, my dad was like at a time where he owned these two corner shops, one right. corner shop at the time, and I kind of did a bit of work experience there, uh, and I got to see what, what life was like in that regard. And then he was like, "Oh, so and so's son is doing, you know, make a lot of money on eBay and that kind of stuff." This was maybe what was it like two thousand and five and that kind of stuff. Oh, so just when it was breaking through. Yeah, thing, exactly. Yeah. And so uh, my dad was like, mm, "Why don't you do eBay kind of thing?" And it wasn't on my radar kind of thing. I just wanted to be a dentist because I had this one upper left central incisor which was like, you know, about, like a dilacerated almost, was so sticking out, oh, um, wow. very embarrassing, hated it. Yeah. Uh, and then when I had that treated orthodontically, completely changed me as a person. Oh, I completely okay. brought me out of my shell. Uh, I, I just wanted to bottle this up yep. and spray it everywhere. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and yeah, it's very cliche. A lot of people say, yeah. oh, I had ortho and therefore, <clears throat> but it was my own personal experience. And I thought, okay, this is what I'm gonna do. In fact, if you'd asked me at dental school, I wanted to be an orthodontist. Okay. When I got through dental school, I was like, I want to be a restorative dentist, I want to be a specialist, and now I'm just a general, just a general dentist. Okay, so you're clearly not just a general dentist. I've just spent some time upstairs with Jazz, actually, been fortunate enough to, to shadow. And I've seen stuff that I have never seen before. And I've shadowed a few dentists in my time. Most of the themes... If you come on a different day, I'd have been seeing little old ladies with the low left caries, premolar root caries, but yeah, you just yeah. luck of the draw that you came through. True, to but I would say one thing that I picked up with most dentists, and maybe that's what most of the public perception for dentistry is, is that they will look for the quickest and easiest fix and try to get you in and out of the chair as quickly as possible. What I saw today was, you know, a lot of empathy and understanding of the patient, and it was very patient focused, and it was what I felt from my lack of experience, but for want of better words here, 
you really did focus on the treatment and not just the time involved. It was very much focused on what's the patient feeling and how can I make sure they have an easy journey through this? And this wasn't the end of the journey for the patient. Your patient's coming back, of course, for the, the rest of the treatment as well. What makes you have that feeling of, I need to focus on the patient and not my bank account? Because a lot of dentists, with all due respect, I would say I'm quite money-driven myself, in all honesty. How are you not tempted into the dark side? What keeps you looking mm. up at the patients? Mm. Good, good question. Uh, and I see that, you know, sometimes when you're there and you've adjusted this denture 50 times now and you're there calculating your hourly rate and you think I was I would have better off working at Tesco's, right? So, <laughs> sometimes you have those patients, right? Yep, yep. Other times you're, you're winning, sometimes you're losing. I think when you stop focusing on whether you're winning or losing and you focus on quality, that relationship, the patient, I was always taught uh, at that dental school, I had some good mentors and they taught me if you do a good job, the money will come. If you right. refine your skills, the money will come. Mm -hmm. I can definitely vouch for, that, vouch for that. I mean, the more I invest in my skills, like what you saw me today, um, that, that machine I was using, the T-scan, right? So Amazing, guys, yeah. I was doing this um, T-scan assisted um, equilibration, so disclusion time reduction on a, on a TMD patient, a purely muscular TMD, uh, a real live wire, as my physio called her, basically, you know, crazy referral patterns everywhere. And so we're trying to get a, uh, we're closing her AOB, so anterior open bite with ortho with Invisalign, uh, and to get a nice occluding scheme on her own teeth. Yep. She will go and to have a retainers and occlusal appliance, but what I was doing with her was using this T-scan, and that T-scan cost about eight thousand pounds, right? So the training with that spent thousand. The, the kit itself, I bought myself. I did, I, you know, oh, I kind okay. of pitched it to the, uh, the principal. Was like, mm, but if you're the only one using it, so then now I've got this arrangement. If I use it and I charge for it, like a subsidy, I, I get that basically, oh, right? Really so it's paid for itself. Yeah. But whether or not I was making money from it wouldn't be the main thing. It's about actually getting the outcome. So I told you that what I liked about it is I'm not chasing red and blue marks on teeth. Yeah. I'm led by data. Correct. And that me feeling as a safe practitioner that I can adjust this and then medically legally, mm -hmm. I've got all those scans True. to show that, okay, what was the occlusion like before? Mm -hmm. What was the occlusion like after? You don't truly get that from a photo. Uh -huh. So I invested in it, not to get money back at the end of it, but so I can give better care. It's a bit like an endodontist investing, you know, 50,000 pounds on a microscope. Right. Patient's not gonna pay any more for it, but you're gonna get better outcomes. Correct. So um, I've got your question now, mate. But no, no, started, no, you said about the patient. It was, yeah, it was about the patient. What, okay. what keeps you focusing on okay. that and not the money? And I think you've yeah. explained it quite well that at the end of the day, it's, it's more so you're investing to ensure that the patient's happy with the outcome, but also for yourself that you're not really cutting corners doing it, and it's a long-term investment. And I think, again, when you do speak to, not all, but a fair few general dentists out there, it is more about just, you know, can you reduce chair time and can you just increase input output, input output. So that's important nice as well. Yeah. I'm not a practice owner, but that's important to respect your time as an associate. I, I've got a friend, uh, Sunny, DRE Composite. He talks a lot about making sure you value hourly rate and mm -hmm. how to improve that with composites and that kind of stuff. It's important. Yep. But it's not the, the, the only thing, right? You want to go home and sleep at night knowing that, you know what? I did a good job. You want to have fun. You know, to make dentistry fun, day to day to fall in love with the little details that, that's where the longevity of your career comes from if you focus on just the money money's numbers money's you know, numbers never finish yeah eventually if you focus on just the money there'll come a time where you are you know clock watching you're, you're not involved but if you actually dare to visualize the end result of some treatment yep. to really care about the, the the mechanics of what you're doing to fall in love with the little details uh, gamifying dentistry if you like mm -hmm. that's where i think the longevity comes from uh -huh. okay that's, that's a very good point i think i need to do that i'm a bit of a gamer myself so i think i need to, to take that tip on board and, and try to enjoy the process as it mm -hmm. goes along mm -hmm. so 
my, my current situation, being a student, that's my process. Let's wind the clock back a little bit. So where, which university did you study at? Sheffield. Sheffield, right. And for the students out there, what would you say were the highlights and the lowlights of your studying process? So not the dentistry now as it stands, but if you can think that far back, let, let them know. <laughs> highlights is just, it was a great time, you know, the community of uh, these you know, 80 odd people that you follow through in five years, the social aspect, partied a lot in, in, in okay. first year, especially <laughs> second year. And then towards the end, like, I, I got a little more level-headed. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it, it, it was great. You know, for me, it was like living out for the first time, getting my own place. It, it, it was very special. But then obviously the dental school aspect of it, it's like you're the sponge. You're the sponge and you're there yeah. to, to learn. But it can be a little bit dark as well. I mean, I guess the low light of it, and I've spoken about this before, is whereby, and the, a theme of my life now is when things get difficult, when you're stretched as a husband, a father, a dentist, a content creator, when you're, all these things are, are pulling at me, you know, and my patients are emailing me, there's, I've got five different inboxes and they're full, yeah. right? And I feel that pressure, right? And, and, and stretch you. The thing that often has to give way is health. Right. Whether that's through sleep mm -hmm. or no longer going to the gym, no, no longer looking after your body or your diet. And so during dental school, I had this like, had this strange fixation on I want to get 100% in exams. Okay. I, it was right. stupid. I look back now and it was, it was just stupid because no one ever hires anyone thinking that, okay, what percentage did they yeah, get? No, never, never. It's BS. It's all about your emotional intelligence. Correct. But at the time, I was just determined. I, did, I achieved it. I was the first oh, wow. person to get 100% uh, in finals exam in wow. Sheffield. Okay, That was one exam, basically, in, in finals. But at the cost of my health at that point, right. I stopped going to the gym. I was literally just not in a good place. So that's a, a dark thing. I wouldn't recommend it. I, I want students to have fine balance. Mm -hmm. And I would have done fine, you know, without all that, exactly, yeah, without, yeah. without sacrificing my health. Of course, of course. Hi guys, it's Erica here, the producer of Team Protrusive. I'm just interjecting here with the announcement that we've now got this amazing community platform. You can access it from your laptop. It's called Protrusive Guidance. There's also a native Android and Apple app. What we really want to do is to harness the power of the Protrusive community and create a platform we can share and grow together. And you know what? It's way better than Facebook. So if you haven't already, check it out. Just do bear in mind that we manually approve every single application. So it might be a little bit slow to approve you, but we only want dental professionals on this network to keep it a safe place and so that we can share failures together. Head over to www.protrusive.app to know more. Because I think that's the thing that we, we see nowadays, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, that dental students are almost falling out of love with the profession itself just simply because the amount they're putting into the, the studying aspect. I see students as well, they're, they're burning themselves out before they even hit the chair, for example. So it's, it's one of those things that hearing it from yourself as well, it's seeing yourself now, you're successful where you are and that's great. But even you've fallen prey to that. So what would be the best way to give advice to these students that are trying to push for the best grades and, and really killing their social life? to just keep a balance so that they still enjoy dentistry mm -hmm. at the end of it. Because mm -hmm. one thing that I kind of see is dentists, they come out into the world and they're just grumpy. They hate everything because they've hated dentistry now. They've despised the trade. Mm -hmm. So by the time they're out there with their patients, it is basically how much money can you bring in? Mm -hmm. So I think what you've done is you've fallen in love with dentistry and therefore you love treating patients and all the rest of it, which is good for everyone. Now, how do we make sure that students that are currently in that university aspect 
how do we make sure that they're not making the same mistakes that you might make? So what would be your advice there? I would firstly say it's, it's, it's a noble thing to want to do well at university. It's a very noble thing, right? Sure. To, have, to desire that for whatever reason, you want to make your parents proud, you want to do it for yourself, you just want to master something, uh, even if it's, as a dentist student, you don't really master a book, right? Yeah, you can't actually yeah. master anything except, except memorizing the words, right? It's like a memory test in a way. So it's a noble thing. I wouldn't discourage trying to aim for the best, yeah. but you have to draw the line somewhere, okay. right? To see, okay, where, what are the sacrifices I'm willing to make? Mm -hmm. If I ask myself that now, now all those years ago, I wasn't willing to make my health sacrifice, but I did. And I just need you know, better ground rules to understand what I'm trying to achieve here and for what reason. And the number one thing to remember is your grades at dental school will totally not determine True. your success in the future. True. Your emotional intelligence, your charisma, uh, your network, uh, how nice you are to patients, the quality of your care that will eventually build on time. But these are things, these are factors mm -hmm. that are going to determine your success, not how much you scored in these exams, right? I, I think I think when we focus so much on the books and less on people, you have to remember that dentistry is a people business. Yeah. And so the more you remember that and remember that, okay, you're better, you're better off in your final year of dental school to do the bare minimum to get the pass, but then the rest of the year, go to Toastmasters, which is like public speaking. Uh, put yourself in awkward scenarios. Uh, learn about body language. Yep. Learn about um, the art of communication. Yep. Talking to people, getting out there. That's going to be far more important in, in your True. success in the future, I think. Okay, that's actually fantastic advice. And I think that's somewhere where people do slip up. Mm -hmm. That we focus way too much on the educational side of things. So take that advice on board for anybody listening. That's huge. I think people skills is so underrated mm -hmm. and undervalued. Mm -hmm. But in reality, that's kind of what takes you on to the next step in your career and with your patients as well. So amazing advice. Thank you very much. Um, let's move it along. So you're a massive advocate of TMJ as a whole, the temporomandibular joint and TMDs, the disorders of. What pushed you into that other than the story about the orthodontic side of things and obviously your teeth being dodgy from the start and, and all the rest of it you said earlier. What made you really focus in on TMDs as a whole thing? And, and that's basically made you who you are. That's your brand, essentially, what people know you for. So guide us through that journey and, and what made you get there at the end. It's, it's a scary one when I think about it because I often think, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing, I'm on the right path? Right, okay, interesting. I had a, I booked a call with someone recently. I can't, can't reveal who, but this is like, someone who's really up there in the world of the TMD, academically, okay. especially, but clinically as well, but very academically. Yep. And, I, and, I, and I, want, I arranged a meeting with him just to talk about, okay, you know, if I'm committing to this, what do I need to watch out for? Uh -huh. Because when you start treating patients with chronic pain, mm -hmm. things can become very uh, tricky for you as a, as a person, the, the, the communication required from you, how you deal with people's emotions, uh, managing expectations mm -hmm. and so you know famously on on some videos that I did like you know two three years ago I, 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 I an episode was called I think it was episode 39 or 40 it was like stay away from TMD oh okay and I said are you sure you want a queue of pain patients outside your door uh, right yeah. because I kind of I kind of miss doing <laughs> more more standard dentistry I right. love doing crowns I love doing toothwear and stuff <laughs> but I'm seeing more and more TMD. It's a double-edged sword because I love helping people with pain. I love getting a diagnosis, getting into all the detective work, get the right diagnosis and, and explain that to a patient and figure out, okay, what are the different ways to go? And, and with that, I do still find the more deep I go into TMD, and I've learned from several different courses and people, Yeah, yeah. but I still find that it's the Wild West. 
when it comes to TMD. It's the one, I mean, you can do all sorts. So my philosophy at the moment, you know, 2024, what's my philosophy right now? Might change five years later. Yep. My philosophy right now is get a diagnosis, figure out, okay, what are the range of treatment options we could do? Mm -hmm. And if it aligns with the patient values, do the most conservative first. Uh-huh. Try and do the most reversible. That's some, you know, people say, oh, splints are not a cure and then that kind of stuff. And I understand that and I see where that comes from. But I believe in symptoms modification, i.e. if I can modify your symptoms, like I told you about that email I got from the patient, right? He's got a coistier program and we don't want to go into that basically, but he's feeling like he's had pain for 11 years. Wow. And he just emailed me saying that, wow, this is amazing, right? So to have that impact is, is absolutely brilliant. Yeah. But, but yeah. by modifying the symptoms, now I feel okay to recommend to him to have orthodontics okay. to improve his overjet. Oh, now yeah. I feel okay about that. I feel, I feel like with chronic pain, anything that's been longer than three months, mm -hmm. what the evidence suggests, which isn't amazing evidence, but the evidence suggests is that actually the more hands off, the better. Okay. I don't fully believe that, right. but I have to respect it because that's yep. the evidence. So in a roundabout way, what I'm trying to say is I'm sometimes worried about am I in the right space because okay. it is a, it's, I do find it challenging. I'm not gonna lie. Oh. I sit down, I do a TMD report and it takes me a lot of time because I really want to proceed carefully. It's not like caries removal, like it's very de definitive, yep. you restore yeah, it, yep. tooth extraction, restore it. With TMD as a whole, patience, emotion side of things. Oh. That's what I found the, the toughest, right? right? Because they kind of, they want me and they want me for, for life and they email me and stuff and, I, and I, I've got to be there. I've got to be their yeah, advocate. Of course. So when I spoke to this guy about t the, the, the top dog in TMD and I spoke to him, he told me, do you have a contract with patients? And I'm like, no, I don't. I didn't. So, oh, wow. so I'm going to continue some mentoring sessions with him because he's got, you know, tw 20, 30 years on me. Right. And so I appreciate that you see me as this you know, up and coming TMD, but I'm very, very careful. I don't know if you've seen on social media, especially on my, 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 my personal Instagram, I very rarely would advertise to patients that if you've got clicky joints, come and see me. If you've got- True, true. Yeah, I yeah, talk yeah. more about family now and cosmetic stuff. I'm already swamped with TMD patients, already swamped. And it, it, it's more than I can handle. Oh. Uh, and it takes like a lot of personal strain uh, yeah, to, yeah. To, to manage these pain patients. So whilst it's very rewarding, and it's like a, it's a thinker's game. You know, Professor Oakson you know, in, right. in Kentucky, he says that TMD is a thinker's game. I like that. Uh -huh. But I'm constantly like, hmm, is this the best thing for me in my future? And I'm, I'm committed to it. I want to be, I want to help my patients in pain. Mm -hmm. But I am perhaps from an outsider looking in, they say that Jazz, he's a bit too conservative. He's a bit too cautious. And that's okay. me right now. Okay. And, and I'm happy here. Right. I might change in five years. Yeah. As, 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 as either new evidence comes to light or my own personal experience change. Yeah. But I'm very careful about... Um, over-promising and under-delivering when it mm -hmm. comes to pain patients. I'm with you. That's a perfect response. I think um, <clears throat> for anybody, I know there's a lot of people on that are full-on dentists. They know their stuff inside out. But anybody who's coming through via my route is probably a student and won't know much about TMDs. So would you be happy to do like a 60-second or a bite-sized crash course on TMDs, what they are, and the importance of treating them in comparison to just typical dentistry to see it. Okay. So that anybody who wants to know what the hell we're talking about, because we're just throwing TMD, TMJ at each other, um, it will give them a bit more insight. Okay. TMJ is, there's two of them, it's a joint, it's anatomy. Don't confuse TMJ with TMD. TMD is a disorder, TMJ is anatomy. 
TMD isn't even a diagnosis. There's many different types of TMD, okay? So you have purely muscular TMD, right? Because the, the, the stomatognath system is full of you know, teeth, muscles, joint, even the joint has got capsule. It's got so many um, uh, parts of anatomy that you should learn first. So if you want to not embarrass yourself in the future when your patient comes in with that TMD emergency, yeah. firstly, and serve your patient, <laughs> number one thing is learn anatomy of the TMJ and the muscles. If you can learn anatomy of the TMJ and the muscles, you're pretty much halfway there. Combine that with a history, yep. and then you can get a diagnosis. And then how do you know the range of diagnoses? If you look at the international classification of the TMJ disorders, they're all there. So right. if you know the anatomy, you've got the history, and you look at the different diagnoses there are, you can actually begin to start making diagnoses. Only when you can start making a diagnosis can you think about helping a patient. Right, 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 right. right. And so that's my six-second crash course, if you like. That was crazy. And then you'll end up in this crazy Wild West, as you called it, where Jazz is sitting at the moment. And uh, good luck to you if you follow that route as well. So, uh, you know, that's awesome. Thank you so much. I had questions from people online, actually, okay. specifically for Let's you, because we did a little Q&A thing. Uh, the first thing actually ties in with family. So we had a message from a girl who said, I'm considering doing dentistry, but I want to have kids in the future, near future. Um, does it work? 100%. Okay. Like mother, mothers who want to, like say, work part time and stuff, in the right place, right environment, you can be supported. You can, uh, you know, the world's your oyster, but to, to have kids and, and be a part-time dentist in that phase of your life works really well, I think. Okay. Uh, especially if you happen to be a practice owner or something, then you can manage your own hours. If you want to work 10 till two, mm -hmm. you could. I know it's a bit of a unicorn in some, some ways, but I'm trying to say is you can totally fit dentistry right. around your children's life. Okay. And it's, you know, it's something that pays more than most professions. So even if you're working part-time during that phase of your life, yep. you can still be doing financially well to support your family. True. Um, I think overall, it's a, it's a great profession. And so for, and then you know, that includes being a parent. Okay, perfect. Let's uh, give you two more quick ones and then we'll, uh, we'll wrap it all up. <laughs> Why is dentistry better than medicine? This is actually a question I got through. So in your words, you can't say it the other way around now. You have to stick with the statement. Okay, why is dentistry okay. better than medicine? <laughs> okay, because I get to look down someone's mouth rather than look up someone's ass. <laughs> Did you know this one already? I, I, you know, I, I always advocate for this. I always say I'd rather have my fingers going one way than the other way. So <laughs> this is, look, think alike. <laughs> yeah. Okay, perfect. Um, and the last one I've got is from somebody who's actually had a really bad experience. He said, I feel like the dentist that I went to is like a mechanic. He went in there and just found problems, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And maybe this is public perception as well. One, how do I find the right dentist that I can trust? And two, how do I know they're not just fobbing me off and finding problems that they're going to make me pay for? What would be advice for, for most patients out there? It's a real tough one. I see on, on YouTube, even though the, the podcast is for, for dentists, mm -hmm. I get loads of patients commenting. True. And my stock answer is, look, I'm, I'm, I'm not here to give advice on YouTube. It's, it's not what I'm here for. Right? I'm here to serve my dentists and raise the game of education. But now and again, I'll give some like, do this, do that. And the number one advice I give is, they're there de doubting their dentist. Just have a conversation with your own dentist. Yeah. Right? And it's totally fine to get a second opinion. But if you're getting a third, fourth, and fifth opinion, then maybe something's wrong with you, not with a dentist, right? So second opinion, cool. Maybe third opinion if it's really complex. But it's totally cool to get a second opinion. Uh, and it's totally cool to question mm -hmm. what your dentist is doing. But ultimately, you've got to trust in your dentist. You, you always have to put the trust in. Now, if you find that you can't trust that dentist, yep. then that's where the second opinion comes in handy. Right. Eventually you'll find someone who communicates in a way who, who you can resonate with, uh, who then you can trust. And once you trust them, then you know, it's very difficult in dentistry because most issues are painless. 
Yeah. And that's why the patient uh, trust issue is there because most issues are completely painless. Mm -hmm. Caries, unless it's to the pulp, it's, it's, it's often painless. And so I totally understand why patients are skeptical, but they have to at some point find latch onto that individual that they're, you know, they're not buying the dentistry, they're buying, they're buying, they're buying nav. Yeah. They're yeah. buying you. Like, okay, I like this guy. I like everything about him. Uh, I trust this guy and the way he explains things. I would like him to, to do it. If it's aligned with my values and budget, and and and, and if it's if it's uh, you know if my values and goal is I don't want to have pain anymore, I want to keep on my teeth, then mm -hmm. great. But if you're suggesting something that's not in line with my goal, yep. then of course that's different. Perfect. And that obviously goes back to the point that you made earlier about it's all about interpersonal skills as well, which is mm -hmm. very important. Always, so. always. You know, you, you can have the best crown margin in the world, right? The patient's not going to know. Yeah. But you've got the worst crown margin in the world, but you're so sweet to your patient. <laughs> Right? I'm not advocating no, that. I'm not advocating this, but it just you know the value of communication and and and, and just being nice to patients. Yeah, it's a really great one actually. Um, three things, and it's not mine. It's a dentist called Amin Aminian. You came up with. So I read it in a book. Is that three things? Okay, if you could do two of these three three things well, you probably won't get sued. You probably won't get in trouble. Okay, it's okay. three things. Okay, doing the correct treatment plan. Right. Doing it well. Mm -hmm. And being nice to your patient. Uh -huh. So. You might have done the wrong treatment. Like it really needed ortho, but you did veneers. Wrong. But you did really good veneers and you're really nice, you're going to be okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. For if, sure. you, if you did the correct plan, you did it really well, but you're rude to your patient, well, you're technically excellent, you're probably going to be okay. You see what I mean? But that's an easy one to get at the I'm end. I'm with you. I'm with you. Keep those jobs. <laughs> I'm definitely going to keep those in my head. That's perfect. Honestly, I'll. I can't ask for anything more from you. I think this has been an amazing insight. I'm sorry uh, I have to be uh, cut short. No, no, we'll, we'll definitely reconvene over the summer. Yeah. I'm sure we'll find we'll, another we'll, we'll continue on our usual route online, right? We'll, we'll just yeah, 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 we can do it from there, no problem. And, and like I say, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. I'm sure everyone's going to enjoy this one. And I hope to be seeing you again soon, my friend. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks so much. Thank you. Cheers. Right. Well, there we have it, guys. Thanks so much for listening all the way to the end. We had to kind of cut it short, obviously, because I had to go and attend to my wife, and she's absolutely fine. She's an absolute soldier. It's actually Valentine's Day today. I'm recording in the morning. So I'll be taking her out for lunch today. I'm, I'm not the most romantic person in the world. I'm a typical bloke. In fact, I was uh, I was going through Google Photos and I was searching for, you know, in Google Photos is brilliant. You can actually search for like, you know, jazz wearing orange and we'll find all the photos of me wearing orange. So I typed in uh, romantic photos, right? And I had to scroll a long way to find photos of, of me and Sim together, basically. Uh, and they all seemed to happen before we had kids. So there we have it, guys. I'll be taking my fair lady to a nice lunch. I hope you guys had a good Valentine's Day. I hope you enjoyed that uh, post I made on Protrusive Guidance with the, the endo-axis cavity on a molar in a, in a heart shape. And if you're not on Protrusive Guidance yet, head to protrusive.app. And, of course, I look forward to interviewing Nav in the future to find out about his fascinating journey. How did he end up at three different dental schools uh, in well into his 30s? And what drives him. Bye for now and catch you same time, same place next week.